Hi, I'm Clayton Collins. I'm the president and CEO of HW Media. And I'm here today to record the season finale of season four of the Housing News Podcast. Couldn't be more excited to be back on air with you today. And today I'm joined with Steve Murray, the founder of Real Trends. We're gonna talk about HW Media's acquisition of Real Trends, some of the plans that we have for the combined companies, as well as Steve's look forward to 2021 for the purchase market and how real estate brokerages, loan originators, title reps can all work together for a more productive 2021. Looking forward to this episode. Hey, Housing News listeners, I hope you had a wonderful start to your new year. This is Elsina Lloyd, and I'm the producer of this weekly podcast, which is a proud member of the Industry Syndicate. You just heard from today's host, HW Media founder and CEO, Clayton Collins. And before we dive into today's season finale, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Now more than ever, homeowners and borrowers of the future need to understand impacts and options during times of financial hardship. Freddie Mac has made home possible for 50 years and is committed to providing assistance and clarity to the housing market. Through All for Home SM efforts, Freddie Mac Single Family is leading the future of housing through insights, education, mortgage, and business solutions. Learn more about resources to help you and the clients you serve at sf.freddiemac.com slash affordable lending. Thank you for listening, and here's the season finale of the Housing News Podcast. Hey, Steve, welcome to Housing News. Clayton, great to be with you today. Well, Steve, last month, you and I had some exciting news to share with the market. Uh, HW Media has acquired Real Trends and is bringing Real Trends into the HW Media family with Housing Wire and FinLedger. Um, we're so excited to have you. It's, it was a wonderful day for me. I mean, culmination of 44 years in the industry and 34 years since we started Real Trends, it just it would just fit perfectly for us. Uh, for all of us, both our brand and our products and our people going forward. As a, uh, as a deal maker by, by training and before my days at, um, before my days at HW Media, it's been really exciting to get to know you. Also, you do M&A advisory, so we have a lot in common on the, on the deal making front, but also a huge passion for, for media and the real estate and, and housing market. So I couldn't imagine working with a, a partner uh, that has more shared interests. So this has been really exciting for me, Steve. But I want to jump straight into to real trends. The, the housing news audience knows Housing Wire really well. And I think it would be very interesting to hear the real trend story from you about how the, the business has developed and evolved over the last three decades. Well, I, I appreciate you asking, and I'll, I'll actually try to be as brief as I can, because it, it's not complicated what we set out to do. My original partner is a woman actually from Dallas, Texas, named Lori Moore. We'd gotten to know each other in the late 70s and early 80s. She was with marketing with Long & Foster, a large brokerage company. I was running a national independent broker referral network that Long & Foster was a part of. Um, our roles shifted as the 80s progressed, but we all, we, we became friends. We talked about, gee, wouldn't it be neat to do something together? What we found is we agreed that what was missing in the industry was a trusted source for news and strategies and trends and events um, in the residential 
real estate brokerage industry. And, and that's the world we had both worked most of our careers in. So in, uh, in late 86, um, I left what I was doing and she left what she was doing and we formed Real Trends. And our first goal was to produce a monthly trends newsletter, which we launched in May 87. Um, later that year, one of the things we noted, for instance, was there was no, I, I mean, ranking brokerage companies and rating them was like this wild west. So we brought out the Real Trends broker rankings in 1988. First year, it was just 25 who submitted. But we were very specific for the first time that you're going to count it this way. There'll be no counting. And bottom line, if you think about everything else we did in the years to come, uh, Lori and I, and, and I bought her out in 2002, and she went on to be highly successful in some other endeavors. One of the things we always agreed on was no matter what we're doing, we're going to try the best we can to stick to facts, stick to research that supports our opinions. And, and so everything we did, the launching of Gathering of Eagles Conference in 1992, uh, formation of CEO groups, brainstorming groups, the first one was actually done in 1987, right after Real Trends launched. Um, our studies on the economics of brokerage companies, compensation in the industry, uh, special consumer research, I could go on, but everything we did emanated from, she and I had a shared belief that there was a niche, there was a segment of the market that would respond well to not just reporting news, which is important, and trends, but to make sure you, whatever opinions, commentary that you added to that was based on some knowledge of the underlying factors, right? So, so along the way, we added the Gathering of Eagles. We grew our subscription base. Uh, I mean, it was it's kind of quaint to think that it was a 12 to 16 page print monthly newsletter and Lori and I and, and in the 90s we hired staff you know to stuff 2,000 newsletters a month was always a labor of love and frankly she did most of it from her Dallas home office um, at that time. Um, obviously things changed and things became digital. Uh, we had new competition by the late 90s that were online they were not subscription model, so we shifted to more of an advertising model. Uh, along the way, she did uh, built her own consulting practice, as I did. She focused on marketing, uh, new home marketing, agent high-end marketing uh, tool, all that. I did mergers, acquisitions, general consulting. Um, but, and funny enough, our own consulting practices ended up feeding right into the Real Trends content. So, in my merger acquisition valuation, we became more acutely aware of changes in the economic factors of brokerage companies and gave us some unique insight into that. Um, probably the last big thing we launched about uh, 15 years ago now, actually, and I, I won't take credit. The Wall Street Journal folks who had partnered with us in promoting our broker rankings came and asked if we would 
uh, work with them to try to rank agents. And the team here noodled it over a little bit. And we said, we think we can do that. There may be a way to do it. And so now we have the Wall Street Journal, Real Trends, Tom Ferry, agent rankings. Now it's not, not uh, it's housing wire. And, you know, last year, 14,670 agents and teams submitted their data to be ranked. It just, it just keeps growing. And I think underlying everything of real trends that we now become part of the HW Media family is just this long-term ethic, and Clayton and you and I share this, which is if we're going to do it, we're going to do it as well as we can, and it's going to be verified, and it's going to be factual as possible. It's very evident that over the decades of operating real trends, uh, there's been a, a lot of different initiatives and businesses and products launched. But the one factor, one of the factors that tied it all together was the, the integrity and focus on quality that car- has carried through. And uh, I think that's most evident in the, in the rankings where it a, is, a, is a space where there could be and it is a, a little bit of competition, but real trends has maintained a leading spot, the leading spot of having the most trusted source of, of rankings data for, for brokers and agents. As you've built this rankings business over the, the last several decades, what has been? What have you learned about what you have to evolve in in the methodology, or how you um, or how you present the the agent categories? Like, what have been some of the biggest changes over the last few decades as you've you've learned and evolved with that with that continued focus on integrity and quality? You know, the, the probably the most important thing you have to do is you have to constantly improve whether it's broker rankings or agent rankings your ability to verify the information that is being provided. The interesting part is whether it's broker agent rankings, we rarely, if ever, get criticized by the numbers. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of that. I mean, if we get challenged, it's in the broker rankings, it's, well, they counted non-owned brokerage results in their own results. Or with agents, it's they're not really an individual, they're a team. And so the first thing you do is you have to continually improve your ability to verify and double check, and not just the numbers, to make sure you got their name spelled right. <laughs> it's pretty important to people that you get that stuff right. And so you constantly seek to improve that. And we invest a lot of time and money in that. Um, then you've got with agents, particularly, and brokers, we're seeing it now too, is, you know, over what, 30 plus years of broker rankings and now 15 years of agent rankings, my gosh, you, you, can't keep, you can't keep these guys bottled into a regular structure, right? There's new forms of brokerage, new forms of agent practice and teams. They're evolving all the time. So you have to stay on top of that. And I mean, last year we had one of the nation's largest brokers they had a group of teams within that brokerage form their own team. It was a team of teams, <laughs> right? And, and now we have a company like Side uh, Inc., which is building a national network of top teams and individuals who keep their own brand, practice their own practice, but a lot of the back office processing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, is provided by side. Well, does that make 
side a brokerage company as we would normally define that or you know and so we went through that last year is this or and, and by the way we asked side well you know how do you want to report because you either got to report individually as those agents uh, and, but you can also you could be a the brokerage company which is the aggregate of all your licensed agents if you're the broker of record for them the form and structure and variety of model business models makes it challenging but it's really fascinating to watch it just means every year you, you have to evolve and, and yeah. iterate and watch the market dynamics and uh and that side that side scenario yeah. is particularly interesting i mean i think their value prop is that we're a a, a a platform and you're an independent that sits on our platform so you're brand forward so like it's it's interesting that that's like a whole new yeah. dynamic that um, you have to account for in these rankings, but your, your team, you doing an, an excellent job in that. And we're excited to, to work with you to, to, to carry that forward. As, as we think about the, the rest of the, the real trends business, we've also, we also have incredible CEO groups that provide peer networking, uh, association network memberships for state and local realtor associations, um, the gathering of Eagles and dealmakers events. How do you see like, kind of all these pieces working together to serve this audience of real estate brokerages, brokerage leaders and agents? Well, I mean, when you have the opportunity like we have and will continue to have going forward to sit down twice a year for several days with um, 85 CEOs of brokerage companies, all different kinds, all different brands from all over the country and Canada. And then you're able to also sit down with 25 CEOs of large state and local association realtors and just listen to them talk and ask questions of each other. What's on their mind? What challenges are they facing? What are they curious about? What are they missing? Of course, you have a front row seat. We like to talk about you have a front row seat to say, Ah, uh, this is what if I'm the um, you know managing editor of Real Trends or Housing Wire mm -hmm. or Fin Ledger, you get this opportunity. It gives you unique insight into what do if well if those forty want to know more about uh, agent compensation structures, well that's something we should probably go research for them. I mean, they as much as told you what they need to know more about. Um, what's really good. What's really good to understand too is while we're you and I have spent our careers building media businesses, what we're also doing is connecting people, right? And we're, we're going to my next my next commentary for Real Trends will talk about what the pandemic has done, for instance, in terms of digitizing and remote work and productivity and issues but we're still as the article i just mentioned earlier we're still people and so these ceo groups and the association network membership and the gathering of eagles these are these are just the other side of what we're trying to do which is connect people and we do have these parts of our organization where we bring people together and they can let their hair down and they can listen to some different kinds of speakers and input that they're used to hearing from. And um, 
unfiltered content. I think that's something our organizations really have in common is the value of these niche communities and bringing yeah. people with certain experiences together. Sometimes they're competitors, sometimes they're, they're non-competitive, but letting them share best practices, learn from each other, whether that's in live events, like we've done at Housing Wire with engaged talent and engaged marketing, uh, like what you're doing at Real Trends with, uh, with deal makers and the gathering and the CEO yep. groups. I think that's going to be an increasingly important part of business media. It, it's very easy to fall into the habit of thinking of audiences and in tens or hundreds of thousands or millions. I mean, we're, we're getting, we're pretty much averaging a million monthly unique views right now. And it's hard to put a face and uh, a, 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 an image or a persona on each of those 1 million people. But when you boil it down, you really have to think of the audience as, as small uh, niches and sub-segments that have to connect with each other. I mean, we provide information and news but it really, you really can't forget when operating a media business that we have to also provide that connection point, whether that's through a separate product like CEO groups um, or, or events. And, and, that, and now in the world we operate in, the, providing some connectivity in digital events or other digital formats. Uh, yeah. I think it's a, a part of the DNA that we have to pay very close attention to as, as we move forward um, into 2021, which will probably be equally crazy as, as 2020. Uh, it seems like all the dynamics in our, in our industries are lining up for an incredibly busy 2021 purchase market, um, yeah. positive dynamics for lenders and real estate brokerages. Uh, so Steve, I think it would be uh, at, the, at the loss of our audience if I didn't take a couple minutes to, to pick your brain on exactly the dynamics that, that you're anticipating for the real estate world in, in 2021. And uh, following this transaction, you're serving as a, a senior advisor to HW Media and Real Trends. So uh, I think our audience deserves to get a little bit of that, that, that senior advisory insight from you. Does that work for you? <laughs> Yeah, sure does. I mean, and, and I'll try to be uh, succinct. You know, we will not see the same level of sales, housing sales that we saw in the last, say, five months of the year, uh, August through December, at the level of those sales, annualized level of sales, six and a half million annual sales unit. No, that, that will clearly tail off and, and every expert I can read, whether it's the economists from mortgage bankers or realtors or home builders or uh, American Banking Association, we're, we're looking at still overall a slight increase in unit sales is what they're all calling for. Um, and, and continued appreciation in prices. Um, I think, you know, we, look, we, we've got either herd immunity or vaccines by mid-year will have covered two-thirds of the population. Everything I've read, that, everybody's pointing that same direction. People will, we will start to see businesses reopen and expand again. We will see be, people being able to afford. We will get by forbearance. You know, the one cautionary note is, what are we going to do about the tens of billions of dollars in rents that have been deferred? Nobody, I haven't read anybody seemingly has an answer for that, what, what we're going to do there. 
We have tens of millions of households that still want to get into the housing market, and yet we only have one and a half million listings as of the end of the year. So it's still going to be a good year. It's just like not like the last five months. It's kind of more like last January and February. We were running about 5.6 to 5.7 million existing homes and 800,000 million new homes. So it, it, it'll be one of the best. 2021 will be one of the best years since 2006. So, so. 2021 projections should, as we currently stand, surpass 2020 total yeah. uh, originations or, or, or sales volume. But we're just saying that if you, were, you can't run rate the last five months and say that's going to continue. No. We, we, have back, we have backlog from lockdowns and in March and April and May where there was just complete uncertainty. So uh, on, a, on an annualized basis, we, we can't say this continues, but when we just compare 2021 to 2020, we should see growth in the home sales. And yeah. yeah, and, and I, I, it depends. I'm, I'm not an expert in mortgage rates. I understand supply and demand. Mm-hmm. There is still a huge supply of money looking for a return. And, and as long as you have this huge surplus of money in excess of demand, then rates are going to remain low. And there are people who think they could go lower as you know, financial institutions look for someplace to lend money. Now, <laughs> you know, so the refi market, you know, I, I'm, no, I'm no expert on it, but, but everything I'm reading says it probably won't be as robust, again, as the last six months of 2020, but it's still going to be a fairly strong market in 2021. So, so Steve, if, I'm a, if I run a real estate brokerage and I'm, I'm thinking about the numbers that we're talking about right now, how do I best prepare my business for 2021 and, and taking into account that first half might be a little more vibrant in the second half? Like what, what are you doing if you're a broker owner to prepare for 2021 today, well, early in January? You know, uh, and I, uh, I, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'm going to sound like a broken record. You know, it, fundamental to the brokerage business are three things. Um, you have to consistently recruit talent, whether those are agents or staff to your brokerage company. Number two, you have to develop the skills of, of, that, of that team, whether it's agents and staff. You, you're constantly providing tools, technology, marketing, education, motivation, whatever you can to help your agents produce more and your staff handle more. And third, you have to spend less money than you have coming in. Now, people always laugh when I repeat those three things, but you know what? It's not complicated. And so for 2021, here's, here's you know, the curveballs are, okay, for the first half of the year, how do I recruit talent remotely? How do I motivate agents to use technology, marketing, and other tools when I can't reach them as I used to in person. So the good news is a lot of leading brokers have discovered they're getting far higher levels of participation and engagement from their agents remotely, virtually, 
than they did with in-person meetings. Now they have to figure out what's the balance, right? That's a challenge. N nobody quite knows exactly what that looks like. Uh, I mean, are we going wholly back to what we used to do with office sales meetings, for instance, or are we going to do more of those on a company-wide basis? Or even if I'm part of a national brand, am I going to start maybe having national sales meetings? Now that people are used to it, it is, that, is that a whole new tool that we can use to recruit talent? Um, I mean, you look at Keller Williams as a great example. I mean, they have their family reunion. 15 to 17 to 20,000 people come to that thing. Not likely going to happen in a normal time frame, which is February, March, right? But they use that as a huge recruiting event. So you right? bring up the topic of recruiting, Steve, and yep. in this January, like the beginning of the year is a time where agents and, and um, loan originators might decide to, to change firms, yep. um, whether they're going from a, a, a large brokerage or large independent mortgage bank to become, go, go independent or kind of leave a brokerage to join a, a team with uh, more resources. This year, as we're looking at um, a really strong close to Q4 and great projections in the purchase market for 2021, how do you think market dynamics are impacting agents or, or I guess loan originators too, decision to change firms? Do you think we're gonna see more or less movement in 2021 than we've seen in past years? Um, I can't speak of what goes on in the mortgage industry and real estate brokerage. Historically, we see 20 to 22% of all realtors will change from one brokerage to another. I think the same thing will happen in 2021. Uh, one thing about the brokerage industry today, agents have <clears throat> far more choices of different models, different cost structures, different support packages than they've ever had before. So what we're seeing is more segmentation among where, where are agents going. Uh, one of the, the more detailed things we're sharing with our clients is new information tools to help refine which agents they're trying to recruit to increase the odds of success. As opposed to a shotgun, just talk to everybody. Well, for instance, why don't we examine who are the agents are with us now and why did they come and why are they here and what's their profile? And then let's go look to match that in the marketplace because it's clear whatever we're offering appeals to that kind of person at that level of production. So refining and using new information and data tools and analytics, how can we be more effective at reaching the audience we want to reach and recruiting the people we want to recruit? So a big part of the strategic rationale and the combination of real trends and housing wire is better connecting the entire uh, single family residential transaction. So we yep. we're bringing together the mortgage and real estate industry and title and valuation professionals and everybody else that, that touches this, this critical transaction for, for American homeowners. Um, so, so Steve, I want to dive quickly into how, as we look to 2021, how can mortgage originators and mortgage lenders and title companies be better partners 
to the real estate brokerages and agents who in many scenarios are the, have the closest relationship with that homeowner. They're the, they're, they're the most frequent touch point with that person who's out shopping or preparing to sell their home. Is there any way that lenders, title companies, anybody else in the transaction should be thinking about how can I provide more value to my agent? How can I be a better partner? How should we work together? Like how, how can we increase that collaboration this year? Okay, so you and I will put aside RESPA and all the requirements that kind of keep the industry separated in a manner of Disclaimer, that is on you lenders and real estate brokers. <laughs> it's, you know, avoiding those landmines. You know, when I, when all the research we've done with agents and brokers, and, and for instance, we do, we've done research with brokerage companies to look at, well, this broker over here has an in-house capture rate of 40% of buy side on their brokerage business with their in-house mortgage. And these guys over here only have 15. That's a huge gap. What's the problem, right? And you know what it comes down to every time? It is the quality of the loan officer and the underwriters and the processors. You know, I like to say that uh, a friend of mine is the chief of the medical staff at a large hospital. He says, you know, everybody in the medical, oh, medical field goes, oh, we got our, our customer is our patient. We got to be customer oriented and take care of our patients. He said, that's a fallacy. He said, what we have to do is take care of the doctors, nurses, cooks, orderlies, radio, all the people that deal with the patients. If we get them working well together, then the patient will be well cared for. This, so the analogy is for a loan officer or a title rep, I would do whatever I can do. And as a company behind them, I would do whatever I could do to support that agent who's got the primary relationship with that buyer or seller. Find a way to support that agent's ability to do that. And by the way, that could be some technology that enables the agent to have the customer be able to look at the process and the transaction. Where are we? But really, you know, that's kind of a given these days that you got to have a platform to work. But time and time again, our research indicates the quality of those people, the title representatives, the loan officers, the underwriters, the processors, their, the, how their process works and their focus to help that agent complete that deal for that customer. The more they do that, the more successful they're going to be. Well, Steve, I think you and I have a lot of work to do together with the Real Trends team. Couldn't be more yeah. excited to welcome your team into the HW media family and do big things together to, to serve the loan originators and real estate agents and brokers and title reps and appraisers and everybody else <laughs> that calls HW Media home. We, we, we love serving uh, the housing industry and looking forward yeah. to doing that with you. Thanks for joining us today. Clayton, thank you for having me. Have a great day. Well, thank you for listening to the Housing News Podcast. Please don't forget to give us feedback and rate us on iTunes. Also, make sure to check out Housing Wire's daily podcast, Housing Wire Daily, which is a wrap of Housing Wire's hottest stories and now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. We'll see you next season.